<laughs> a hard fade on the music tonight. Welcome in horse racing happy hour. Oh, how about that? Hanging out with Dan Issel. My name's Louis Rabot. Thanks so much for making us uh, a part of your uh, podcasting weekend. Dan, how's the world? Uh, the world is terrific. Big card <laughs> at Saratoga. First of all, a grade one tomorrow on Friday. And Love then that. grade ones on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be great. Um, and so uh, if you don't know, uh, Dan and I are, uh, man, uh, did you, so on your life bingo card, Dan, did you have turning 73 and then becoming friends with a man named Louie? Uh, well, I was already friends with Louie Dampier, but <laughs> fair enough. Not, not, not Louie B. No, yeah, not, no, that's right. Having Louis another one around. Not Louie B. There you go. So uh, uh, Dan Issel joining us. Uh, you can find us uh, every weekday morning on ESPN Louisville, 10 to noon, uh, ESPNLouisville.com. Uh, you can just ask your smart speaker to stream the show if you'd like to as well and uh, hang out with us uh, as we do that. Uh, we do, frankly, I think as much horse racing talk as any sports show in the country. And so um, Steve Bick does more, Dan, but that's his job, right? Is to actually just only talk horses. Exactly. I, I can't say how happy I am that I met Louie B, though, because I have a great time every morning. There you go. Well, excellent. Um, So uh, you can always find Dan and me uh, doing that. And if you need someone to miss a free throw before an NBA Finals game, call hey, me. Hey, hey, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it, Dan. Uh, on the show sheet here, of course, uh, because I'm Mr. Show Sheet, uh, we have our uh, first segment here uh, that we do every week, and you're very familiar with the show. And so we'll go and we'll watch some replays. I'm sure producer Zach got those ready for us here. A uh, couple of interesting races last week, Dan. Obviously, the Lake Placid, we had the Del Mar Oaks, but of course, the Alabama, which has become uh, one of the very, you know, certainly one of the most important three year old Philly races that we have on our calendar. And it was randomized that got the lead. Uh, early on and kept it at the end here at Saratoga. And randomized, confronted by defining purpose, wet paint still with plenty of work to do, and randomized turns for home very wide but still in front. Wet paint will have to come through along the inside, but it's randomized, still loaded with a furlong left to go, and she has a three-length lead. Wet paint is trying her best, and so is defining purpose, but today's the day for randomized it's her coming out party in the alabama presented by keeneland sales she made every well there you go randomized getting that lead and frankly putting everyone away dan at the 10 for a long distance very unusual for three-year-old fillies to be running that kind of distance i think you and i both thought going in this set up really well for wet paint um and uh, obviously she didn't run a bad race i don't think and obviously she gets a check and all those sorts of things but uh this was randomized coming out party uh, as a uh, track announcer, Frank Miramati mentions, I mean, look, it's Chad Brown, fifth start ever, runs a, and wins a black type before this, uh, but certainly a, a much bigger stage here. Yeah, for, for sure. And and I don't think that uh, wet paint lost anything in that defeat, Louie. You, you saw how close she was. I mean, in all of her good races, she has come from way out of it. And the pace was so slow, she had to be closer to it. And, you know, horses are funny. You can't make them do something that, they, that they're that they not comfortable doing. So uh, randomized ran a great race, but uh, I, I don't think you can discount wet paint just yet. Uh, just looking at the breeding here, it's a daughter of Nyquist. We're going to see some more Nyquist runners uh, this weekend, Dan, uh, in some of those grade ones. He's turning out to be quite the sire. Yeah, uh, he uh, of course he stands uh, at, at Darley for I think he's up to forty thousand dollars for a 
but uh, no, he's a really nice horse and, and has sired some really nice horses. I remember uh, it was it, that was early on Nyquist, believe it or not, early on in my horse racing, um, uh, really getting into it. And I remember how excited everyone was that the two-year-old, the undefeated two-year-old champ won the Derby. And everyone yeah. was, well, everyone was booking, uh, was booking New York and ready to go. And, and uh, just one of those stories uh, with Doug O'Neill, of course, uh, in that case. And uh, his kids, man, they're, they're showing out. We will see some of them uh, this weekend as well. But, uh, you know, at, do you ever, Dan, do you watch those races at all? Like in Alabama, you see a horse like randomized, only their fifth start. Um, she's, she's never been against that kind of class before. Do you ever think, okay, that could translate to the Traverse the next week, or do you go race by race in that case? Uh, no, I kind I kind of go race by race. Um, you, you, the, the funny thing right now with three-year-olds, Louie, they, they develop at, at different stages. And, sure. and that's why, and we'll talk about this later, that's why I'm a stand against Forte. I don't think Forte has made a huge jump from his two-year-old to three-year-old season. And a lot of horses don't. Uh, and some horses, it takes them three quarters of the way into their three-year-old year to really hit their good stride. So you, that when you're handicapping, you have to be aware of that. Or, uh, who's on an upward trend? Who's kind of uh, trending, uh, treading water as, as you do your handicapping? Well, there you go. I uh, could not agree more. It's interesting, though, to watch uh... – you know, Chad Brown, man, he just knows where to spot his horses at Saratoga. This was definitely one of those spots. Uh, Zach, let's go ahead and get to the next one. This will be the Lake Placid. Technical analysis, speaking of Chad Brown uh, and three-year-old Phillies, uh, gets it done here as well. Iliogami and Lovestruck. They are at the top of the stretch. Technical analysis went wide there on the turn, but is holding on to the lead. Now, runaway rumor, ego trip, Iliogami. They're all giving chase to technical analysis, who is still in front. Technical analysis by two and a half lengths. Then ego trip. And down on the inside is runaway rumor. It's going to be technical analysis with a front-running victory in the Lake Placid Stakes. You know, Dan, and uh, and uh, we want to thank uh, Naira's got a great YouTube page. If you ever want to go back and watch replays, very, very easy to navigate there. Uh, just search in Google or whatever and just get uh, all the replays there. At Naira, they do a great job of making those very easy to search and very easy uh, to follow. Uh, my sense, Dan, this year is that the, the three-year-old male class on the dirt is better than the three-year-old Philly class on the dirt. Now, I actually don't think this was the best example of the three-year-old Phillies um, in a single race together. We've had other races, maybe at Keeneland or at Churchill even uh, earlier this year that were better Belmont as well. Uh, where are you on this class? Do you think that uh, technical analysis, for example, could grow up to be a fine mare and, and win a bunch of races? Yeah, I, I really do because, uh, you know, it's Chad Brown and uh, Chad, Chad can train anything. But if I had a really good grass horse, Louie, I'd, I'd ask Chad if he could take it for me because he he yeah. just sells uh, in those kinds of races. And uh, and and that's stable. Uh, I, I know Mike Ryan, a, a famous a blood horse agent, picks out a lot of their horses. And they have had unbelievable success giving those kinds of horses to Chad Brown to run on the grass. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, the, she's just getting started. I think the sky's the limit for this filly. There you go. Well, uh, be interesting to watch the rest of her uh, career as well, especially as my, as uh, Dan mentions, out of that Brown barn. And so we'll be uh, likely running in lots of grass stuff on the East Coast. And so there you go. Uh, maybe a future Breeders' Cup horse. Who knows? Uh, 
Anisette, though, out west, Dan, we had John Lindo on our um, our show on ESPN Louisville, uh, came on and said she's absolutely going to be the favorite, and she should be. Uh, turned out um, that she uh, she was. And uh, underneath um, Umberto Rispoli here for that ride out at Del Mar, goes ahead and wins the Del Mar Oaks uh, at a mile and an eighth of grade one there uh, as well. Uh, and uh, she's the uh, five horse here if you are uh, joining us on the video stream here. You can always do that, by the way. Uh, at Spotify, we always have that video up. You can find us as well on Twitch, on Twitter. And um, if you are listening, uh, say on your Apple, uh, you can find us as well on YouTube. Go ahead, Zach, and play the rest of this one. See, Anna Set has started picking off the back markers. Anna Set making headway now, only five off the leaders. They come to the top of the lane. Ruby Nell is the leader. Anna Set goes for a run at the rail, and it's a dream run. And Anna Set bursts through on the inside, takes the lead, and kicks for home. And it's going to be Anna Set, perfectly ridden by Umberto Rismoli, to win the Del Mar Oaks. Close then for second. B- I, I've noticed this more and more this summer, Dan, that that uh, that Trevor Denman, who calls the races out at Del Mar, is still very much on his game. Yeah, because a couple of a couple of weeks ago, uh, Senor Buscador uh, won the Bing Crosby. Right. And or not the Bing Crosby won uh, the two turn race out there. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the chosen Fran won the uh, Bing Crosby. But uh, he's watching and he sees Senor Buscador make a turn a run on the turn and he goes and Senor Buscador really picking up the strides. And in this race, he says, and Anna sets really starting to pick off some horses. And then she gets that dream up the, up the rail. Like you mentioned. See, I, I think that's why Trevor Denman is as good as anybody who has ever done. Because you're absolutely right. He has that amazing ability to pick up horses, uh, even going into the far turn right. that like they're full of run and, uh, and and can make an impact on the outcome of the game uh, of the race. And uh, he's uh, uh, he's he's one of the best that's ever held a mic. I, th- I think. Have you uh, been to a horse race in South Africa, his native country? Uh, I have not. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I I have to say though, every time <laughs> I see the Delmar Oaks, I want to cry. Because we had a filly years and years ago, a filly by the name of Secretarial Queen. And, okay. of course, uh, uh, the, the Del Mar Oaks is on the grass. And she was, uh, she was a, a, dirt, a dirt filly being by uh, Secretariat. Um, and, and Bill Shoemaker rode her in her prep race. And mm. she was 20 lengths out of it. And came, it was a mile and a 16th. She came running, finished third, got beat a couple of lengths. The mm-hmm. Del Mar Oaks is a mile and an eighth. We thought, man, this is right in her wheelhouse. And the instructions to the jock were, she, she just take her out of it, let her fall out of it, and uh, and she'll come running at the end. And I guess the jock thought he knew better than, than the trainer did because <laughs> – Going into the first turn, he had her five lengths off the lead, and she was five lengths off the lead at the beginning, and she was five lengths off the lead at the end. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I'm not a. Uh, yeah, it's interesting too. Do you have a? Do you have much of a say at all about uh, Del Mar, for example, running the Oaks on grass as opposed to some of the other Oaks we see on dirt? Do you have much of an opinion about that, or is that just track to track for you? No, no. I mean, that's, it's their race. It's one of their signature races and sure. of course, you can run it on whatever surface. I, I think three-year-old Philly races that are called the Oaks ought to be run on the dirt, but that's, uh, 
Elmar doesn't agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) You just learned uh, Dan is not part of the controlling interest of Del Mar. Now, uh, Anaset wins the race, Dan. Uh, I think horse, you know, players can look at that race a couple of different ways. You can say, oh, she got a dream trip. I'm fading her next time. I think a way that I usually look at these races, Dan, is she made her trip. To me, I, I tend to give horses credit for making their trip rather than saying, oh, they just got lucky, the rail opened up, whatever it is. You still got to have the kick to win by that many lengths. Yeah, no, I mean, she she was, she did get the break of coming up the rail, and it was a great ride. Uh, but I, I think if, had she had to go around all of them, she still would have won the race. I feel good for Umberto Rispoli, by the way. we I interviewed him, Dan, right before you and I started our show last year. Uh, on on 680 because he was moving to Kentucky. He had decided to move his tack to Kentucky. He had a new baby, the whole thing, and he had picked up and he had moved to Kentucky. And I said, hey, man, what's the contingencies plan if it doesn't work out? And he was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right. Hey, love the confidence, brother. Can't, yeah, go get it. And so it's good to see him back in uh, his his more natural environments picking off grade ones uh, under horses like Anna said. So uh, thanks to Del Mar as well. We found that on their YouTube page uh, as well. Good YouTube page, easy to use there as well. In our second segment today, uh, as it always is presented by the Maryland Horse Breeders Association, and you can find them uh, on Twitter uh, on, I mean, online, they're all over the place and they're getting ready for the Maryland uh, million day. Dan, have you, how many times you've been to the Maryland million? Uh, I haven't been to the Maryland million. I've been, I've been to, it's at Laurel, right? I've it is at Laurel. Laurel a number of times, but I've never been there for the for the Maryland Million. Got it. Well, uh, they want to remind you that uh, it's October 14th. It's the 38th uh, rendition of the Jim McKay Maryland Million. It's a showcase of all of Maryland's finest in the thoroughbred industry. Uh, stay updated on their contenders uh, with weekly uh, show Maryland Million Watch and learn about sponsorship opportunities, and you can even purchase one of their ever-popular club tables and more. They'll see you at the Maryland Million, Maryland Million, dot uh, com. I found out today, Dan, that if we want to, the show could be involved in the Maryland Million. Do, do, oh, but it, oh. So here's so here's here's my dilemma, and I wanted to I wanted to get your advice on this because you were a man who, for work, because of basketball, had to travel a lot, right? A lot, a lot. And your wife, she's still a little bitter about it. Whatever. So. Oh no, she was very happy. <laughs> she was very this happy is, that I traveled. Get you out of the house. Three weeks before our trip to L.A., though, for Breeders' Cup is the Maryland Million. Am I cutting it too close, making two horse trips in three weeks? No, no. no. <laughs> no. You're, you're the king of your castle, Louie. I think you go. <laughs> king of the castle. Lying to God and all these witnesses. is not as Danisle. I like it. I all right. Well, his castle? Do you mean the basement room that he's currently in? Because that's the castle. <laughs> That's the studio. That's it, baby. Um, I'm going to paint that wall sometime in 2029, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it'll look great. Um, all right. Well, let's get to it. It is Horse Racing 101, Dan. We try to, in this segment, introduce our listeners. So one of the things that we got really fortunate with, Dan, is uh, we have we have a base of people who came into the sport listening to our podcast. And that's a really great honor uh, for us that people got to know the sport uh, through this show because uh, Mike and I are um, very – uh, normal dudes doing this show and and are uh, around horse racing. Now we're a little bit more in it, but uh, you know, for many years we're just around it. And um, I wanted to ask you about horse ownership. Now your route, of course, a little bit different because you may have different means than the average person who's listening to this show. But 
why did you get into horse ownership? You know, cause you, you know, uh, use me for example, you know, I'm in my early forties. Um, I've got some kids, uh, you know, I could afford to get into horse ownership, but I've, you know, at this point I've chosen not to, what would you say to someone like me? Well, I think first of all, Lou, you have to decide and you can do both, but you have to decide, do you want to race or do you want to breed? And what we, what I've always been involved in now, we've, we've raced, as I just said, we had secretarial queen that we raced, uh, but it, the ultimate goal was to have a secretariat broodmare. Uh, she had very good breeding, and we were able to accomplish that. So, do you want to race, or do you want, or, or or do you want to be in the breeding business? We have, for the most part, always been in the breeding business, and and so you can you can play in that game. At, at any level. I mean, you can breed to a horse that stands for $5,000 or, you know, you can be $200,000 to breed to flight line or, or 250,000 to breed to end what, whatever level you can afford to, to play at. But um, it, it's, I, I, I will say this, it, it, it is a very rewarding uh, business to be in. It, it, there are many more downs than there are ups and mm -hmm. you you have to know that going in you have to be able to say well you know i'm going to have a, a foal that's crooked that i won't be able to give away or uh, a foal that can't outrun me and you but mm -hmm. um it, it it's so rewarding and uh, and and you know you don't have to you don't have to be really wealthy uh, to play it at any level. There are many uh, multiple ownership uh, racing clubs out there now. Sure. And, and, you know, if, like I said, if you want to get in for $10,000 to buy a broodmare that's in foal, you can certainly do that. But I, I found it very rewarding. We've had a lot of fun being involved in the horse business. And I will say this, if you ever own a racehorse, and you stand in the winner circle when your horse finishes first that's a feeling that will never go away it'll be in your blood forever well there you go he's dan Issel, a horse owner not currently but in the past um and uh that again is horse racing 101 presented by our friends at maryland thoroughbreds uh the maryland uh horse breeders association you can check them out marylandthoroughbred.com and of course maryland million uh com october 14th so all right zach i might have you fly to dc i'm just warning you it might be a thing i'm not happy about it Issel's telling me i gotta go i don't say no to dan Issel. it is what it is well i do but 10 to noon not outside of that all right let's uh let's get into it though dan uh third segment here uh we got a cool card uh like you mentioned five grade ones at saratoga on saturday uh, there is an all stakes uh, pick four starting um, with the uh, the ninth race. If you wanted to play that, there is an all stakes pick five as well associated with that. Um, before that, though, Dan is the seventh race, the four go. And I didn't put this on your um, on your sheet, but it's the Gunite Elite Power matchup again. Right? Um, is there? It looks like Elite Power just runs this horse down all the time, and it seems to not matter how fast Gunite runs. <laughs> it just seems to always dip him right at the wire. Uh, he and, and Irad really have a great relationship that way. Um, is there a chance that Gunite can actually turn the tables here? Yeah, well, there's a chance. I mean, the yeah. last race, it was on an off track, uh, which I don't think helped Elite Power at all, uh, especially having to come from out of it. Right. I mean, there, there's a chance uh, if if Gunite at some point in the race 
is able to separate himself enough. Um, Steve Asmussen uh, has a great knack of having these horses ready for big days. So um, if I was going to pick play the pick five, uh, I would use both of them simply because I hate to be out of a pick five after the first race. So I would, I would get skinny someplace else and I would use both of them if I was playing the pick five. But um, you know, if you're watching your budget, uh, I I think elite power wins the race. That is race seven, the forego that is start of the $1 pick six there at Saratoga. Uh, Unfortunately, Dan and I don't know anyone who's ever had any success with that wager. All right. So um, that's a joke for the like, I don't know, a couple thousand people listening that absolutely get that joke. All right, great. So let's go on uh, to later in the card. We're talking that late, uh, that all stakes pick four or the late pick five. It's race nine. It's the Alan Jerkins Memorial. You and Alan Jerkins were college roommates, right? <laughs> no, I, I think I was a couple of years ahead of Alan. You were uh, Alan Jerkins Memorial. Uh, it is a grade one. It's seven furlongs on the dirt for three-year-olds. Uh, so this is the Derby. If you're going one turn, half a million bucks on the line here. Dan, we see verifying in this spot, and, and I have in my notes, man, I think this is a really good idea for verifying. I just don't know if he's of the class of the three horses on the outside of him. Uh, where did you fall on this one? Yeah, I, I thought this was a pretty competitive race. Maybe. Maybe the most competitive of the five grade ones. You have Verifying, who was uh, on the Derby Trail for Brad Cox. Uh, and by the way, Brad will be joining our show tomorrow at that point to talk about uh, about these horses. Um, but I, I, but going seven furlongs, I, I like the turn back for him. But man, are there some talented horses in here, Louie? I mean, um, Baffert has Fort Bragg and uh, Arabian Lion, who won their last starts very impressively. Uh, what do you do with New York Thunder? I, mean, I agree with you. Here's a horse. Here's a horse that his first three starts. He's undefeated in four starts. His first three starts were either on the synthetic or <laughs> or the or the grass. Yeah. Then they they put him on the dirt and. What an impressive performance. He goes six and a half. First of all, he runs the first quarter in 21 and two. And and he runs the six and a half furlongs in 114 and three, gets 110 buyer. If he doesn't bounce off of that, right. the, the, all the rest of these horses are running for second place. But to, to run that fast just a month ago, right. I know if he can if he can duplicate that race or not or he had delgado uh second off the layoff here which is what this horse was came back first off the layoff of the amsterdam exploded out with tyler gaffalion who keeps them out here uh as dan mentioned in the amsterdam at, at saratoga comes back same track here people just a half for a long longer um ran an absolutely blistering 21 43 107 dan yeah. <laughs> 114 at the end just an absolutely blistering that is a winning that is a winning time in any level of competition if, in the world. if, if the race had been six furlongs he would have broken the track record yep that no that question seven and a piece would have broken saratoga's track record for six furlongs yeah and like dan mentioned uh has won over the synthetic breaking his maiden uh, in the in the crappy part of the season at Gulfstream, comes back against winners for the first time, wins uh, over a turf sprint in his shortest uh, win ever 
at over an over a length <laughs> comes back tries the uh the synthetic up at woodbine they ship him to new york at saratoga he wins again so uh just one of these horses dan just loves to win and i totally agree that you have to include him here interested to see between arabian line and fort bragg where do you think you would lean uh i, I would probably go to uh, arabian lion I, th I think the seven furlongs hits him right between the eyes. Uh, Fort Bragg might want might be better at a mile, maybe even a little further. Uh, but they're two very talented horses. But I think of the two of those two, I would have to side with Arabian Lion. I would say I do think Verifying's a little out of depth here. I don't think he's on the class of some of these uh, these other horses. Fort Bragg, frankly, the 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 performance from New York Thunder last time that you talked about. He's not on that level. He's not on an Arabian Lion level. But if those three get out front and they go a little bit too quickly, he's the horse yeah. in this field, Dan. That could pick up the pieces under Flavian Pratt if he gets the right ride there. So interested to see um, how that one goes as well. Um, uh, we should mention uh, Luis Saez, obviously injured uh, the other day, uh, excuse me, in an accident, uh, is not going to be on one and Vermillion. I don't have the, you know, I say that. I can get the update for uh, who... Uh, who he's going to be on in that race, but uh, he will not be on one of a million. He also will be not be on mage uh, in the uh, Traverse. So we'll update those as we go. But yeah, I think it's verifying that can pick up the pieces here, Dan. I'm interested to see because, you know, here's where, here's where it's hard for me is he, he wins the Indiana Derby, but that's not, you know, that's not this field. I mean, the three horses outside of him in this right. field are better than anyone he, he ran against in Indiana. No, nope. so, but does he benefit from cutting back in distance? Because I think this is the right move for him. I think he's a one-turn horse, um, and I think they're doing right by the horse here. I just, I'll be interested to see if he's able to get a frenetic pace out front. Um, and and this time, for some reason, New York Thunder doesn't just keep it going, uh, and he's able to uh, make hay and, and at least get a check in this one. Uh, the uh, the next race is the Ballerina, and it is race ten. It's the late pick four. Is here seven furlongs on the dirt, but this one's for Philly and Maris three and up. It's half million bucks again. Uh, man, Echo Zulu's in here, Dan. And when she came off the bench this year at the end of May at Churchill and she ran the winning colors in sub 109, <laughs> I thought, okay, she's she's off the bench and ready to go. Follows it up with a win in the honorable miss at uh, Saratoga at six furlongs as well, uh, beating Dr. B, who's in this field, by seven and one quarters length. Um, they have Goodnight Olive listed in this race as nine to five, Dan. I got to be honest, I'm leaning on Echo Zulu and all of my – all of my tickets here. Um, you talked earlier about, you know, the two horses early on and trying to find a single later. This is where I would find my single. And it would be with Echo Zulu, who seems, by the way, three for three at the track seems to really love Saratoga. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was going to bring up. She, uh, now she's a, she's a four-year-old midnight. Uh, um, good night, Olive. Good night, Olive. Uh, is, is a five-year-old and good night. Olive was a sprinting champ. But if you go back and watch that honorable miss Louie, yeah. that, that was spectacular. I think that's the most impressive performance that we've seen at Saratoga this summer. I mean, she was under wraps uh, the, uh, the the last 16th of a mile and still got a 112 buyer figure. Um, I, 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 I said earlier about Steve Asmussen and his ability to get these horses ready for the big race. I mean, she can regress and still win this race easily. So I, I agree with you. I, I think Echo Zulu is uh, is a single in all your uh, all, all of your uh, horizontal ra uh, races. 
It'll be interesting to watch her in the path they take from here if they train up to the Breeders' Cup with her or if they involve her in one more race before then, either at Keeneland or at Churchill Downs, something like that. But we will have to wait and see. I'm also interested here, Dan, who's that third horse in this group? I think there are a couple of horses getting a little less attention just because of their last race. Matt Array is one of them, of course, in the Chicago last out as part of that Churchill meeting at Ellis Park. They've given her a little bit of time off here. Uh, in the Brad Cox barn. Interested. We'll talk to him tomorrow. We'll put that out on the pod, uh, the pod platform as well. So people won't have to, if you can't tune in in the morning, uh, you'll be able to hear that one. Wicked Halo is an interesting entry here, Dan, because the horse has run four times this year and she's hit the board, all of them. Uh, speaking of uh, daughters, uh, daughter of gun runner, who's a progeny are not doing too poorly, uh, but she's uh, picked off over $400,000 in pur- purses this year. Two for two at Saratoga. I don't think she's in the class with uh, Echo Zulu. I want to be really clear, but I think at eight to one, she could be a sneaky horse to come up and finish second, for example, and get you a lot of money on the exacta side of things. And on the outside, Caramel Swirl for Bill Mott and Junior Alvarado is an interesting one for me. Has won this year in the vagrancy at Belmont, runs against Goodnight Olive, and finishes one length back. Interested to see if she's off the layoff a little bit here. Bill Mott's horse is off a slight freshening, hit at 24%. Interested to see if she can do uh, something on Saturday uh, from that eight post there. I went six, seven, and five here in the ballerina. Let's go to the sword dancer. And Dan, if we had a sponsor, Dan and I do this a lot on the radio show. If I had someone sponsoring this segment, this would be my Detroit Lions of the horse racing thing. <laughs> Where I read, I have spent at least an hour on the past performances and watching replays, trying to figure out who's going to win this race, Dan. And you're about, and here here we go. You're about to tell me there's one horse and it's a single, and I'm going to throw my hands up and not understand it at all, but I'm going to listen. Who wins the sword dance? No, I I, I agree with you. And oh, just, okay. Thank God. Because okay. <laughs> we just uh, singled Echo Zulu, we can go deep here. Now, oh. I, I think if you held a gun to my head and said pick a winner, it'd have to be Stone Age because uh, Stone Age uh, hasn't run since uh, February. So okay. it looks to me with, with his works, it looks like he's been in Chad Brown's barn for a, for a while this right. summer. And Chad Brown is is thirty percent off of this much of a layoff. He's twenty six percent with Flavian Pratt, and so I would have to say that is who I would pick as a winner. But I think there's a number of horses in here, Louis, that that you could give a shot. A Bolshoi Ballet coming mm. over from Europe is no slouch. Uh, the one horse uh, is a rising uh, soldier rising. Yeah, yeah, uh, is. Uh, has got a shot. Uh, don't you love a horse like English Channel? That uh, not not English Channel. What's the Channel Maker? Yeah, Channel Maker. The the nine year old nine year old. Yeah, that that has started over fifty times in his career and has won almost four million dollars. And he seems to be running as good as he ever has. So no, I agree with you. I I think uh, I I think this race is wide open. Stone Age, I give the the edge to Stone Age, but it wouldn't surprise me if three or four different horses didn't win this race. I'm fascinated by the five pioneer pioneering spirit in here, Dan. This is a horse that's never run in a stakes race. Coming out of the Linda Rice barn, uh, she is on absolute fire right now. Um, 103 starts, 24 wins, 25 seconds. I mean, she's yeah. just peppering the board this year. 
I read jumps in the saddle here um, because Jose Ortiz uh, is off of him and is riding. Um, oh my gosh, I think it's the one. The yeah, one uh, soldier rising. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, just an interesting change in jock. I think for a positive, frankly, uh, a son of uh, of American Pharaoh. He's four years old. Seems to be figuring it out. Has won four in a row. Um, and they they're increasing the length on him over and over. So he goes a mile, then a mile and an eighth, a mile and a quarter. Tries a mile and three eighths. It really is almost as though Linda Rice knew back in May that she wanted to try this horse in this race. Interested to see if he likes the distance. Uh, we watched Pharaoh go gate to wire in the Belmont. I don't know why his kid couldn't go gate to wire um, right. in this one, but he's a closer. And the only horse stand that that is, I think, going to inherit the lead here is Channel Maker. And I think that's one of the reasons they kept Manny Franco aboard is because in that Bowling Green in the grade two last out at Saratoga, they, they went a different tact with this horse than they usually do. And he was able to get out front and just stay out front with Verstappen behind him. I think that's one of those horses here, by the way, Dan. Would you be shocked if Verstappen picked off this race? Because I wouldn't. We watched him do it in the Elkhorn at Keeneland, yep. right? Yep. And so that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Declan Cannon flies in to, fly, uh, to ride this guy. They were second in the Bowling Green last time. Um, and, and I don't think they were ever catching channel maker in that one, but if the, the fractions are even a touch faster, I think there's a great shot for Verstappen to win here. What do you think? And, Cause I have this in my notes, Dan, the three Bolshoi ballet who you brought up, who's shipping over, uh, Aiden O'Brien sending in that he's using an American jock in Johnny Velasquez or an American based jock. I should say in Johnny Velasquez, as opposed to a Ryan Moore or someone like that. Does that, does that, is that a clue to you at all? Or do you think that's just who's available? Yeah, I I would have to go back. You know, uh, they're running at York right yep. now in England, oh, okay. and yep. and they have and they have some really big races over there. So I would uh, I'd have to look and see if if it made more sense for more to stay home sure. and run uh, Adrian's horses back there. But uh, no, that doesn't. In fact, um, I, I might like Johnny Velasquez a little bit. <laughs> okay. No, fair enough. Yeah, no, I don't think that's ridiculous. He's already yeah. picked off eight races at uh at uh, Saratoga this year. It's not his full time gig either. So um, good to see um him picking off some races. Uh, I don't know who I would land on on top here. I'll be really honest because I don't Stone Age. I just don't know how to figure out except that it's Chad Brown and I trust him to figure it out in these spots. Right? right. I mean, that's literally the reason. I'm not. I'm not looking at numbers. I'm not looking at performances. He was. I mean, if I went by this, that horse was terrible in Doha last out in the Amir Trophy. But they're trying for a two and a half million dollar purse, so I, I don't. I'm not mad at the horse. Horse is two for fifteen lifetime, and it's yeah. six to five, and that's because of the connections. And and look, if Stone Age comes flying around the bend and and Flavian's on there and they're just good to go, it won't be shocking. But man, I cannot figure this race out, and I apologize to everyone listening for my lack of ability to make it up. All right, let's go to the uh, the uh, let's go to the Saratoga's Derby. It's called the Traverse. It's Grade One, mile and a quarter, classic distance here. Four three year olds on the dirt. Of course, it is $1.25 million. Dan, do you remember the year that it was $1.6 million? I do not. That was to entice American Pharaoh to run in the Traverse. What happened to American Pharaoh in the Traverse? He got beat by Keith Ice. He, he lost badly, frankly. Um, that's as bad as I've ever seen one of the great horses ever look. Uh was a loss to Keen Ice in that race. Dan, can you, ra- can you name the horse that ran the fastest Traverse ever? As soon as I say it, you'll go, okay, that makes sense. It's actually the track record for a mile and a quarter. It is Arrogate. How about Dan Issel? There you go. Uh, Arrogate uh, broke the track record. Sub two-minute classic. 
yeah. uh, distance. Uh, buck fifty nine, uh, one fifty nine and, and one, which is an and incredible time. Fourteen lengths, did he not, Louie? Yeah, by uh, um, it says one thousand and fourteen. One thousand lengths. No <laughs> one had a chance. <laughs> That was his absolute coming out party. That horse was a monster after that, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, uh, the last winners of this race, of course, Epicenter last year, who went on to be three-year-old uh, male of the year, uh, showing the Traverses' importance because Modern Games had a better year. Not that I'm an Eclipse voter and I'm still mad about it, but whatever. Metropolitan the year before, and then Tis the Law the year before that. So, frankly, Dan, we've had three straight, I, if not favorites, very close to favorites win this race. Right. Um, you, you're telling me you're going to try to beat the favorite this year. Tell me why. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try to beat him for several reasons. Now, uh, he's two for two on an off track. Uh, he, his, the last time out, uh, in the Jim Dandy, uh, he should have been taken down. I don't, I don't know what the stewards in New York are looking at. That wasn't the only race that they have really screwed up, but he should have been taken down, but he, he did, he wasn't anyone and he ran 105 buyers in the slop. Um, that is the highest buyer that he has had since he won the Breeders' Cup uh, two-year-old champion. I I don't think I don't think that Forte has has developed as much as you would like to see from his two-year-old year to his three-year-old year. Now he he's he's very talented and he's seven to five for a reason. But I think there are other horses in this race, Louis, that are coming out and are peaking and are better right now at this point than is Forte. Well, very good. Uh, go ahead and name one of those horses for us, Dan, as we well, try to give people a couple of winners on Saturday. You know I picked Mage to win the Derby. I'm not getting yep. off now. Uh, sure. I think if you look at his PPs, uh, in his only his third race, uh, the Florida Derby, he broke poorly. He made a premature move and then was caught by Forte in the Florida Derby. I thought his Derby was uh, was spectacular. Uh, and uh, Mike the Moocher still owes me a, a lunch because of that. Um, and then you look going forward from there. He had no pace to run into. Everybody before the Preakness said National Treasure is just going to jog around there on the lead. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. Uh, and he'd been off for two months. I thought he ran well there. Uh, go Rocket Ride. Louie, I know we're talking about three um, classic winners here, plus the two-year-old champion, Forte. Go Rocket Ride might be the best three-year-old in the country right now. Sure. And he, he won the Haskell and Mage ran saying, I think they've been pointing for this race. Uh, I, I think the mile and a quarter is right in his wheelhouse. I don't mind that Pratt uh, is substituting for uh, for Louis, who is substituting for for uh, Castellano. Yeah. Castellano. So um, that that I hope I get that four to one that he is on the morning line. I think that would be very very juicy. Uh, we had on um, oh man, and Zach, if you remember his name off the top of your head from um, from the uh, covering the Haskell. Um, ju -ju -ju -ju, let me see if I can find. Uh, his name, I think his name is Brian um, and uh, from from Monmouth, actually on. And he told us before the race, don't bet mage. He's not geared up for this one. And they came around that corner and that horse looked darn gear. <laughs> he looked pretty damn good to me. And uh, he ended up not winning, of course. Uh, go Rocket Ride uh, 
put it all together that day for sure. And you're right. If that's his regular form going forward, Dan, he's got a shot not only in the Pacific Classic, but in other races in his future for sure. And so I, I'm with you on that. I, I don't know. Yeah. You're not going to get any pushback from me on that. I do think that the 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 essential road here was, hey, let's let's get two races in. Let's use the Haskell as a prep for uh, the the Traverse. And I do agree with you. He's going to have a very good race. And he, I, I also agree with you. The move to Flavian Pratt is not a bad one. Uh, no. It is one that it's not a negative at all. And so interested to see him here. I think he's I did this with wet paint last week. Mage is a better, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Mage is a good horse. I think the distance is great for him. I think he's going to love a mile and a quarter. Yep. I think he's absolutely going to eat it up. Uh, another horse that I really trust here is Archangelo. I think that, the, again, I think the distance is going to be great. I think he's the kind of horse that is going to be, a, if not on the front, he'll be right behind National Treasure Dan, and I think he's got a real shot. Are we moving on from Tappet Trice or have we already moved on from Tappet Trice? I, I've moved on from him. He's he's a he's an unbelievably talented horse. Uh, he was a million three yearling. He's by Tappet out of an outstanding mare, and and he's a Grade One winner. He won the yep. Blue Grade One winner, but he's uh, to me he he's just a big old goofy horse. He if goofy. he ever puts it together, he'll be really something but he hasn't put it together yet. He's the kind of horse I could see not being great on the track, but being really good in the breeding shed. Yeah. Just because of who he is, right? And how he's cut. And if he has a couple of, of more mature progeny, uh, you know, kids, and and I, I think they could be uh, really effective. Man, do you give Disarm much of a shot here, Dan? He, he, You know, we interviewed Asmussen before the, the Preakness, and he said to us, yeah, I just don't think there's enough distance in this race for my horse to catch up, and he could not have been. Um, oh no, that was a different horse. What am I doing? Uh, with disarm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm flipping horses here in the Asmus and Barn. Uh, disarm comes out of the the slop in the Jim Dandy, comes out of the slop in the Matt Wynn, which he did win. I yep. went back and watched the Kentucky Derby today. He was really good in the Kentucky Derby as well. Um, but those were unbelievable fractions. Um, we're slowing way down in these last two races, and he's still competitive. Beats verifying uh, in that um, in that Matt Wynn as part of the Ellis Park uh, hosting the. Um, the Churchill meet there. Um, do, do you give him much of a chance here, or do you think he's a little outclassed? I, I don't know, Louie. He's, he always seems to be the wise guy horse. He's mm. he, one that, you know, everybody thinks, well, you get, you get seven or eight or nine to one on him and he's, he's worth the, he's the value play. Right. Uh, I I've never understood that. I find no value in throwing tickets on the floor. And so I, I, I just know I, um, I would rate I would rate this race. I would say Mage is my first pick, Archangelo's my second pick, and Forte is my third pick. I, I I think if there's a horse that has a chance to hit the board, um it, it's not it, it's not disarm, it's it's Scotland. I, I think he's the if you're looking for somebody that's gonna be in that eight to ten range, I think that's your horse. The interesting thing about Scotland, who's the seven horse here, Bill Mott, Junior Alvarado, is he's got the he's got all of the makings, Dan, of what Saudi Crown did last out in that Jim Dandy, where we kind of don't know if he's going to have enough. He's got the buyer numbers. He's got a 99 last out. He goes two turns uh, for the first time at Saratoga in the Curlin, which are listed stakes. He wins. 
by open, open links. By the way, Il Miracolo, who he beat last time out, just came back and won this week, right? Right. Um, in Pennsylvania. And so I, I'm interested, was that a good race or not? Because the first time you go two turns, they've really, again, they, you know, Bill Mott's built this horse up, you know, right. in a way that we've seen in other races, seven furlong, seven, a mile, mile and an eighth going two turns. Now we're going the classic distance. Um, you know, good magic is dad. He's got, you know, he's got the, um, he's got the breeding for it. Interested to see if he's one of these horses that we catch once in a while in the Travers. That is a late bloomer, right? It wasn't ready in the spring, um, but, you know, perhaps it has a chance to develop later on. Do you care at all if a three-year-old is running in one of these races and has been gelded? Uh, no, no, because because I I think uh, you know that's that's the last resort, and and if uh, I I found that gelding a horse either helps him or doesn't make any difference. I've I've never seen a horse that has been gelded that runs worse. So um, you know they've decided. We're not getting the best out of this horse. Let's make this ultimate equipment change. This is a <laughs> little equipment removal, if you will. This is an LJ Foxwoods um, a homebred here, uh, of course. And so uh, did not run as a two-year-old, was gelded as a two-year-old, did have the bullet for four-long workout uh, the other day on the 20th, uh, so four days ago at Saratoga. So interested to see him. I agree with Dan that he is an absolute um, possibility to uh, – upset the apple cart as far as the exact is perhaps the trifectas as well um who is the horse in here that you would be stunned if they won the race uh i think we already talked about it. i think tap it tap it thrice that's yeah. the horse i would really be surprised if he won me it's um it is national treasure i would be really surprised if they let that horse dog walk a, a slow pace on the front i don't think that's happening in this race no so. Um, that's the one I would be most surprised at. All right. So people are probably wondering where the hell is Gandolfo Louis talking a lot. Good question. Uh, loyal listeners. So my man is in Phoenix right now at a cigar bar, Dan, and I'm getting things together before the show. And I see that he's on the show sheet. This is something Dan hates, by the way, that you can know that another person's on the show sheet. And so I call Mike and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? He goes, yeah, yeah. I'm on the show sheet. I'm ready to go. And I'm like, mm, mm, mm. Louis not in the mood. Uh, we're not doing that. We're not doing the uh, you're having fun and I'm not. We're not doing that. So uh, we cut we cut we cut off at a cigar bar. Dan, when is the last time you were in a cigar bar? I uh, never. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How bad would the bet have to be for you to go to a cigar bar? I wouldn't. <laughs> Somebody can be smoking a cigar two blocks away and I can taste it. I, I no, no, thank you. No. <laughs> Uh, uh, Dan, I did get the email today from the Breeders' Cup asking for us to turn in our credentials. Do you want to come to Los Angeles with us? Absolutely. All right. Okay. I'll okay. be there. All right. I was thinking about um, credentialing your wife and not you. Is that okay? No, that's fine. Okay. As long as you get us both a table, we'll be fine. <laughs> you can have her on the show all you <laughs> Picks with Sherry. Let's go. I like it. <laughs> Actually, she's actually a better handicapper than I am, Louis. So you might want to have her on the show. I imagine she'd be like, "Okay, um, you know, I've been to Scotland. Let's let's um let's use Scotland in the Travers, and then it, it wins, no problem. You know, three lengths or whatever." Uh, my wife is like this too. Uh, I remember very vividly we're at Churchill, and uh, we're there on a Sunday. I think her parents were actually with us. I think Julian Leperu won six races that Sunday. Like, just had one of those days. And uh, 
I'm like, hey, can you pick a horse in the next day? She's like, yeah, I don't really want to gamble. It's not really my thing. I'm like, no, no, hang on. Let's look. And she goes, um, Poyo Pico, is that spicy chicken? I don't know. Yeah, that means spicy chicken. She goes, that's my horse. Seven to one, Dan, for fun. And I mean for fun. That horse, like no question about it, just ran yeah. Well, I, I have a story. I, I know exactly when the last time was I told Sherry what horse to bet on. It was, it was April of 1970. (laughs) We were at the bluegrass. We were, we were still students at UK. We were at the bluegrass and she wanted to bet dust commander. And of course, you know, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. So she was betting two bucks. I said, top night was the two-year-old champion, huge favorite. I said, honey, don't, don't bet that horse to win. If you like him, bet show. Well, he runs first, pays 70-some dollars to win. Top night, the huge favorite one runs second. She gets four bucks for her show ticket. So that, that was last time I told her what horse to bet on. <laughs> well, he's Dan Issel. Um, you can't find him on Twitter because he's not going to respond to you. Uh, but you should listen to his show in the morning, Issel and Louie on ESPN 680 uh, in Louisville. Uh, and, of course, you can catch him on here a couple of times a year. Dan, I won't bother you again until Breeders' Cup, I promise. I, I appreciate it. You can bother me anytime. I have a great time. Thanks, Louie. Have a good night. Right, we'll see you, buddy. All right. Bye. Talk to Dan in the morning. Have to do that every day. Don't tell him. You can let him go, Zach. <laughs> well, there we go. All right. Well, uh, Zach, if you want to jump on, you got anything you, you want to say to me? Do we need to talk Maryland Million right now on the air? Or should we do that after? I don't even know. Let's talk it right now. <laughs> Tell me, Louie, who's your pick for the Maryland Million? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's no, me. I just, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I just know Mike's not going because he can't, like, convince himself. It's, you know, I, okay. So our guy, Mike, who will never listen to this episode. Um, <laughs> if you, if I gave you one guess, who is he with at a cigar bar in Phoenix? Who is he with? Um, Jose Ortiz. No, think no, think think Preakness. The owner of Mage. No, other other real estate agents. I mean, Mike needs friends, and he doesn't have them, so he just hangs out with. Uh, he just hangs out with other real estate agents, and so if Mike, people don't Mike know, is Mike with, is on. The... Mike is with his real estate friends. Yeah, that's his right. his club. His club, that's right, his tribe, if you will. He yes. um, flew out to uh, L.A. yesterday, saw the doubleheader between the Angels and the Reds, and then flew to Phoenix tonight to watch the Reds play the Diamondbacks because he had a bunch of um, – he had a mileage that was going to expire on his uh, his airline <laughs> numbers, and so he had to use them, so he decided uh, to catch that's a couple of Red games uh, while they are out. There's a lot of traveling in, in one – like small space three baseball games that's a lot yes um and so he's out doing that but we'll uh get him back uh next week ahead of uh some of the races that get closer to the breeders cup man i think we're gonna have a lot clearer picture uh in the next couple of weeks here especially uh we'll start i like when mike's here i I can't make fun of dan the same way i can make fun of mike like yeah i get it for sure so but um all right well maryland million we're uh we're thinking about it i got the uh, brochure today man (laughs) that sounds great love it I mean, uh, just a, a booth at a booth at Laurel. We'll see what happens. Um, but this has been the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Louis Rebeau, producer Zach, we want to thank our guy, uh, Dan. So you can find us on Twitter, at Horse Happy Hour. Uh, we do go live on Twitch and on Twitter every Thursday night. And you can watch this video on Spotify for free as part of their app as well. 
um, if you uh, subscribe to Spotify, we are uh, a no-cost, a no-ad uh, show on there. Uh, we want to thank Marilyn Thurbred for hanging out with us as well. Zach, go ahead and play the music. We'll get out of here. Let's talk awesome. to you next week here on the Horse Racing Hat.